you're listening to The Report Card. And I'm your host, Grant Stern. And I'm your host, Scott Dworkin. Wow, that's a lot better, Grant. How are you? I'm uh, I'm hanging in there, man. I think this was a, an unexpectedly powerful, even though um, much hyped and we kind of knew what was going on, this was very much an unexpectedly powerful presentation by the January 6th committee. What do you think of, of tonight's uh, proceedings? I mean, I think one of the biggest bombshells that they dropped tonight was the fact that they are going to be having more uh, hearings in September, uh, at least three is the word as of right now. I would not be surprised if it was, you know, more along the lines of um, six to eight. Like, th- I think they, they just broke this open and, you know, this is just the beginning as of right now. That's that's my thought. But what what did you think about, you know, if you didn't see the hearing, they, they had a bunch of White House outtakes of Trump doing edits of his different speeches and what he said around that. And it's pretty damning. What, what did you think about that? What did you think about the hearing overall? I mean, look, that particular incident, what jumped out immediately at me uh, is that, holy cow, like he literally excised saying that the election was over. I mean, right. just last week, he tried to get another state to somehow reverse the 2020 election results. I mean, that's the most damning thing about his state of mind that you could possibly demonstrate. And it's right there in video. I mean, what the fuck? (laughs) You know? (laughs) That's a great uh, way to put it. Uh, We don't say effing around here. We're not Republicans like these people who aided and abetted Mm -hmm. this guy. No, I've seen, I've seen everything Trump's ever done. The only person who might have seen more is Aaron Rupar, who was formerly of Vox. Like, you know, maybe maybe Acosta. I mean, I, I don't I, I don't even know. Like, I've seen everything he's ever done. That was the most embarrassing cut. His January seventh video message that took an hour to tape. Um, those outtakes were the most embarrassing thing. It took an hour to tape. Like I don't a want two to minute video. Election. I rewatched it. Yeah. Two minutes, dude. It, it, I, I don't want to say the election's over. I just want to say Congress has certified the results without saying the election's over, okay? If you broke the law, can't say that. Like, Ivanka can be heard in the background off camera telling, you know, Trump advice and whatnot. I mean, the outtakes are just – it's just a it's just a travesty. I mean, everything that they did was disgusting. It just, it just was terrible. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is this just shows. That, I mean, this, it, but everybody's like, oh, I would have, I would have run into the freaking press room and called him the traitor that he was. Like, I wouldn't have taken any time in between. I don't, I don't know. What yeah, well, I hate to tell you this, Scott, about. but you wouldn't have run as fast as Josh Hawley. Well, <laughs> that's for damn. I mean, sure. they needed slow motion. They needed slow motion. He still was running fast in slow motion. You know, I, I, I've never seen just him run unreal. that fast. Have you seen the different videos of there's there's the Kate Bush song which is featured in Stranger Things this year, um, so they're talking about different things like uh, uh, you know run up the hill like it's it's having Holly run in the background and they have the the My Heart Will Go On uh, song they have 
uh, Chariots of Fire. They have uh, a lot of different songs that uh, are playing in the background. So I recommend people check that out. Um, keep Look, in mind man, that if you I, well, tweet out the, the, uh, the one song, if you tweet out the link for Colin right now, then we will retweet you. So go ahead and oh tweet yes, that's that out, a very good idea, uh, so that people that's get on board. Very good idea. Here. So I mean, listen, I immediately immediately thought of uh, of uh, darn it, uh, the 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 Monty Python and the Holy Grail. You know, Brave Sir Robin they got that ran one too. away. Yeah. yeah, they got that oh, they one do? too. Oh, yeah. geez, you have to send that to me. Okay, so look. We got our caller Amanda, so let's chat with her for a second here. And please, let's do guys, it. if you want to call in, uh, feel free. Let's talk about yeah. this. Amanda, what jumped out at you the most from that stunning two-hour forty-five minute hearing? Well, aside from finally seeing Josh Hawley dragged into this, thank you as a voter in Missouri. The one thing that really stood out to me: there's no official record. But we're going into September. What is on that documentary? Oh, my God. What are we not hearing yet? What's left? Oh, the the documentary that uh, that they subpoenaed the different uh, footage from. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be in September. And then there's another Trump documentary, which is on the, what, Discover Plus. But yep. one of the journalists at Occupy watched it, and she was like, this is the most Trump sycophantic thing I've ever seen. I was like, thank you for watching it so I don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, this this was all really damning. I mean, I really got emotional and, and angry when I saw Mitch McConnell uh, demanding from the Secretary of uh, Defense that they get the, the Capitol cleared. And then Chuck Schumer said something that was just chilling to the bone. Remember, he said that the Capitol Police thought that it could take days to clear the Capitol. Oh, I remember that. And it's, it's what I didn't like is that that's seemed, scary as shit. He seemed okay, like, well, if that's what's going to happen, like, I'm, just, I don't know. He, it, it, it just was. It's scary to see how it could have broken, how quickly, how easily it could have broken, and how there would have been just disarray at a level we've never seen before. Like, our, look. Our, Sedition is not fell. a word that people think about, right? Like people don't right. think about sedition all the time, but the literal definition of sedition is merely impeding the function of government. And now you see why it's such a big deal. I mean, they just wanted to stop Congress from doing their thing a little while longer so they could keep their state schemes going and try to get a state to just go out of the, you know, just to extra legally say, well, you know, we're going to just ignore the vote and we're going to give Trump our electoral votes. Right. I mean, now you can see the entire, like this really, this capstone and the, the uh, you know, I always called it a sedition message from Rudy Giuliani because I remember reporting on that um, right after, you know, I reported on that on January 6th based on, uh, you know, Mike Lee received the, the voicemail that they played tonight from Rudy Giuliani. And there he is saying, oh, uh, Senator Tuberville, I really hope you could help us slow this vote countdown. Well, luckily, I was uh, I was with friends during this and uh, they kept it light. And, you know, it was nice to be around people. I, uh, there, there were cupcakes, you know, there was wine. We were able to sit and uh, try and enjoy it. But, you know, I just remember the day so clearly obviously being in the area and then having to 
go and barricade myself in my house and all the nonsense of getting out of the city. Um, you know, it's just like, I, it, that's just me, right? I'm just some dude, right? And and so, like, imagine these folks, but, like, the the cowardice of, like, okay, it's great, Sarah Matthews, thank you for getting out and testifying now. You had to think about resigning? What the fuck are you talking about? What are you talking about? Like, seriously, like, you, you had to think about resigning? You had to, I, I worked the rest of the day? What? Are you talking, what? Like, Pottinger. Well, great. okay, look, I mean, he did, I, would, he did great, I, look, but, I like, was in shock. He, I was in shock that day, weren't you? I was, I was in shock. I was like, how can, I, I was like, you know, we watched this all happening, but how could the people in the professional law enforcement agencies watch this wave that we saw coming and do absolutely nothing? Well, we did warn everyone. And, like, remember, remember when we had, I don't know if you you remember the meeting that we had. It was like a meeting of minds of DC activists, and one one of the things yeah. that I said is like, listen, like I there's a time to have like proactive activism. There's a time to not engage, and this is a time that we I remember that everyone very well. Should, yeah, everyone should not show up. No one should yeah. show up to this. And yeah, every, no, I like remember it's not, entirely. It's not cowardice; it's smart. And obviously, there were people with assault rifles there. That no, were but dude, I, I you know, state. I remember that. I totally remember thinking that because um, it was like it was this thing where uh, everybody was saying that they really they want a confrontation, they want uh, to beat somebody up and blame them, and you know, if we show up uh, to counter protest these people, then you know, when they're spoiling for a fight. Then it's going to all be a disaster. We we should just mm-hmm. let them have their day. I mean, we won the election. There's nothing to protest. Um, you know, there's there like we're not. We shouldn't be there to protest them. Okay, we went through the system. We had all of our protests. The biggest protests in the history of America, right after Donald Trump uh, got inaugurated. And you know what came up in the last hearing uh, last week, and and I think it's so telling is that after Trump sent the January 6th tweet saying it'll be wild, like all of the protests, they were planning to use the resistance movement as a model. And they were right. going to do the protests the weekend after the inauguration. And instead, they moved it all up to January 6th and before. That's what they've done with uh, a lot of the things with Hunter Biden and a lot of the nonsense. I mean, you have a bunch of sick people. They they stepped over the edge today, and they know it. They... they uh started talking crap about Biden having COVID. And I'm like, he he didn't lie about it and then go on life support in the hospital and, and, and have to and be keep, airlifted. Uh, and super spread it. Hold on. He didn't super spread it. I, I highly doubt <laughs> that Joe Biden yeah. is going to go on a, co- a maskless COVID run in his. No, he's not uh, even around in, his wife. In the beast. He's around no yeah. one. Like he's, he's around no one. Like it, it's, it's how it's supposed to be. I mean, I understand People are trying to live their lives and stuff, but like, um, it's a reminder that anyone can get it, and it's not a time to sell it. And then they, they were talking about the fact that he talked about how he had, I believe, skin cancer, and he was talking about how he had that in the past, and people were like trying to rag on him for it. I'm like, this is like we didn't, <laughs> we never went there with with Donald. We're, we're going off track. We're going off track. Okay, I, know, I know, but we never, we never day. did go after him for COVID. We never went after him for that. The fact no. that he had it. 
We, we actually we never, look during the election. We told them to get better. Like I, look, I can't believe we said it, but that's what look we during the election. The, as soon as we found out that Donald Trump had COVID, I'll never forget. We were like, okay, we've got to roll out all of our Joe Biden ads. We're we're not going to be attacking Trump anymore because you know he's got COVID. It'll just make sympathy for him, and that was it. We just did Joe Biden ads from there on out. Um, right. But okay, I want to I want to get back on track here. And also, I want to tell everybody, you can call in if you wanted to discuss what you just saw tonight. Please, comments, questions, you know, anything. We're here to chat. This is why we're here tonight, to chat with you guys. So please, hit that little button in the bottom right-hand corner to call in. It looks like a little telephone. And then when you get up there, you'll see a little uh, oval with a, like a little thing of a bobber. It looks like a, oh, who knows what that is, but a microphone, of course. Um, and then you just hit that to talk. So uh, if you want to call in, please, you're totally welcome. This is your chance to chat. Um, shoot, so Secret man. Service secret service detail, the frantic evacuation from the Senate. Pence's detail was so concerned for safety inside the Capitol rioters broke in the building that they were, quote unquote, starting to fear for their own lives. One committee witness said uh, there were calls to say goodbye to family members. An unidentified national security professional told the committee in a recorded interview. Committee also revealed for the first time Secret Service radio traffic as agents assessed the Senate stairwell where Pence would be evacuated while rioters were confronting police in a hallway downstairs at the same time. Now, keep in mind that they did not know uh, if they were armed or not. They assumed that they were armed with, yeah. uh, with guns. And so if they were confronted with that... They would have had to kill people, like a lot of people. That's, I mean, that's what happened with Ashley Babbitt. We've got right. a caller. Uh, vote. What, what's your name? Where are you at? Vote blue, of course. Uh, what's your name? Where are you at? And uh, what's your question? What's your comment? Go ahead. Unmute yourself. There's a little button in the bottom right-hand corner. It helps when we chat. Is that? It's, I always get confused with it because it's the microphone on the bottom right. Yeah, you, you don't want to clap. You want a microphone. Right? Yeah. Uh, speak up. Speak up. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, that's okay. Speak nice and loud. Go ahead. How's it going tonight? What's oh, your name great. and where you're at? Well, I just I just downloaded the app. Uh, I'm actually in uh, San Jose, Costa Rica, right now. Oh wow. Okay. And uh, I'm I, I uh, I'm doing some work down here, but um, you know I follow both of you guys on Twitter, and you probably see my every once in a while too um but i i'm i missed uh most of the hearings live tonight because i just i didn't have access to it <clears throat> so i'll be catching up on it tomorrow um but um it sounds to me like 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 the former guy is toast uh i mean they've laid out a very clear argument for exactly what the issues were what the problems were it all goes to him um, what what do you think the end game looks like? That's a great question. Thank you. That's a great question. Um, it is. You want to go ahead? So, go ahead with this one. So okay, started. you want me to go ahead? I mean, look, yeah. man. You know, it, it, it. I can always tell you how things are going to end, but the timing, who knows? There, right? You know, timing is everything too. Timing is so so important. I mean, I was just tweeting today how Watergate. Uh, uh you know. Uh, it happened uh, just a few months before the tw 1974 midterm elections, and it wa that wound up reshaping American politics for a long time because it was a landslide for Democrats. Um, so it, we don't know how fast things are going to happen, but what's playing out is starting to become really apparent 
um, I want you to think about the threads of the two investigations that I think are the most dangerous to Donald Trump. One, the fake electors investigation, which started in January, if you think about it. Okay. And that was the Department of Justice investigating all these forged election certificates that were sent to the National Archives. Then you have Georgia. Well, the Georgia grand jury just sent out target letters to all 16 Republicans who participated in a rogue elector ceremony, which they tried to keep private. They kicked journalists out of inside of Georgia's capital, right? And there's a a tape that they played, and I tweeted it tonight because it's something that uh, came out very quickly after the insurrection. Um, It's a tape of Rudy Giuliani uh, speaking to Senator Tuberville, but leaving the message on Senator Mike Lee of Utah's phone and mike lee immediately sent it to david french put it into the dispatch and it's basically rudy saying hey slow everything down that's like a huge tie-in with all the other hearings where you see that rudy and eastman and all these folks were working on just stopping the presses and trying to make it so that somehow you could throw everything back to the state houses and go to the state houses that were republican controlled in states where people voted for trump and get them to decide things, right? And Georgia was, of course, one of those. And Rudy Giuliani went to Georgia, right? And he just lost. Actually, he didn't even appear at the court hearing that he asked for to challenge his grand jury subpoena, right? Under Georgia law, you don't have to be disclosed whether you're a target or a witness of an investigation when you're called to testify to a grand jury. And so with these target letters, this is... I mean, this is like, this has got to be red alert stuff in Trumpville. I mean, these are 16 Republicans that are going to be arrested for conspiring to throw the vote in their state uh, based on what we're seeing play out. And 11 of them have already testified to the grand jury. And they were complaining vigorously that they weren't told that they were targets or potential targets of the grand jury, which maybe they weren't at the beginning. Nobody knew everything, right? Um, they were very, very upset about it and complaining about it recently. So I think that those, like there's the Georgia investigation, which is deep, deep in the weeds of what's happened. And there's so much evidence there, an hour-long tape. You know, Mark Meadows was flying to, to Georgia. Uh, Lindsey Graham was calling in. You know, Donald Trump was calling the investigators in the Secretary of State's office. I mean, this was ludicrous stuff. Anybody reasonable would think that they were starting to tamper with the workings of the department once you go below the political levels. So that's a big one. And then the DOJ, I mean, they've been on the fake elector scheme for eight months. They may be much further along than anybody appreciates. I mean, the reason I brought up Watergate is because, who knows, maybe in August we see major action to start taking down the conspiracy to overthrow the election that Donald Trump was at the heart of. And then, you know, see some sort of uh, repeat or rhyme uh, of, of Watergate in that regard. Maybe it's going to take longer. We don't know how long this is going to take, but well, those I'm, two, if I'm hearing you correctly, go ahead. What you're saying, it, it, it sounds like you're saying that the, 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 the game is going to begin. The indictments are going to start. In, in the, at the state level, in Georgia and New York, maybe this thing yeah. against Giuliani in Florida, uh, before the, the the federal indictments. 
Uh, in Georgia, yeah. It, it looks like Georgia is like in the lead. Um, they've got so much information. They've been investigating it for a long time. They've got a wealth of, of you know, of witness information. And these, these panels, um, these panels supplied something very, very important to the Georgia investigation that they didn't have before these public hearings, which is that they supplied the, the motive and the, the mens rea of the target, Donald Trump. Like, what's his motive? What was his state of mind? Like, they don't need to do – there's so much that they would not be able to do that the panel has already done. It's all sworn. It's part of the congressional record. They can incorporate it and then call those witnesses as they need to in a criminal trial. They don't have to do their own deposition. So that's a huge deal. And with the DOJ, they've been on it for a long time, and we know that. They made a special announcement, if you recall, after Rachel Maddow's show uh, revealed all the certificates – uh, Lisa Monaco, the deputy uh, AG, made an announcement that this was being uh, addressed. So I think those are the two biggest avenues of investigation. And, I mean, they just they have to lead to something. I read the thing after Rachel Maddow's thing is it wasn't so much that they were responding to what Rachel said. They, they've been on this since January, and they were just reiterating what they've been doing all along. Right, right, right. Scott, what do you think? What do you think about I mean, what's going on? You know, I, my thoughts about Georgia are—I I don't want to get anybody excited about it, but I will say you're not getting sent a, a target letter. I, after digging into it today, I worked in Georgia the last you know, 16 years and uh, 17 years or so, and and you're not getting a, a target letter. You're not getting a a letter to you know shake you loose at this point. You're not getting a letter saying, "Oh, you might be indicted." To uh, kind of scare you into testifying you're getting it because you know you you lied under your testimony you refused to reveal evidence that you had that they found out later um you know and or they just found out that you're part of this criminal conspiracy and you're going to be one of the people indicted which is probably i i don't think that they would the logic based on on talking to attorneys in georgia and people in the state legislature it, it just it's clear to me that they do not send that, especially at the level of this investigation, like that you're not going to send that unless you're going to indict them because you know it's going to get out to the press. You know that it's going to be public. You know that it's going to be information, and you don't want any false information spreading. And, and so when you have this kind of letter that's presented to people, this is a, hey, as a courtesy, just as a human being, since you're a rich, overprivileged person, uh, you're going to be indicted, so get your stuff in order. And so I think at that point, you know, people try to race to make deals and things like that, but it's probably too late for a lot of them. And there's no defense. I mean, the thing about this is all these people who signed these forms, oh, we're not going to, we're not going to deliver these unless it's like, unless we have the chance. No, anyone who signed it broke the law. You know what I mean? Like anyone who talked about doing it broke the law. Anyone who worked. Well, to... they had to take an affirmative step. Affirmative step. Yeah. Well, the, at the same time, like an affirmative step is signing the document. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. That's talking an affirmative about, step. Yeah. Yeah. Going to the Capitol. About... Going to the Capitol. Concealing it from someone else. Sure. Those are all they, affirmative they, steps. They, they are. You know, and so the state level is one thing. And keep in mind, you know. Every state's in play for the most part. Oh, oh, and can I throw something in there? You know, there's a federal crime that um, we talked about a little bit during the, the Trump era, and it doesn't come right. up often. 
It's called misprision of felony. Okay, and what it means is when a public official takes an overt act to cover up a, a crime, a felony crime, right? And I think that you've got a lot of potential cases of that where you had public officials like in Georgia who knew that uh, this was what they were doing was wrong, you know, making this competing slate of electors with the intent to submit them and say that they're valid. Um, And so they were, you know, telling people to keep it quiet, right? They were kicking journalists out of the room. I would say kicking a journalist out of the room when you know that there's a crime going on and you're a public official aiding and abetting that crime. That seems to be like one of those steps they could say, hey, look, you knew a crime was going on. You were participating in it, but you knew you covered it up. You know, there could be some instances of that floating around out there. That's what I think. Right. And the failure of reporting is the key there. And, but it, it's, that, that is so true. I mean, there's so many things like that involved with all of these laws that were broken. And I think they're just caught red-handed with this elector scheme. Now, in regards to federal uh, law, I, I mean, the, they're really laying out a case for uh, incitement here. They're really laying out a case for seditious conspiracy because he wanted to uh, throw a coup. You know what I mean? He tried in multiple avenues. He tried via the DOJ. He tried via the Supreme Court. He tried via court cases. He tried via the election to throw a coup, to throw a coup. He tried via the military. He tried. And these are all things that dictators do is they use these elements to throw a coup. And they all failed. Every single way it failed. But he tried every single way. And just attempting that is uh, illegal. You can't just so, do that. You know? And so that's, uh, I think in the federal, federal level, we're going to see things play out in August. Um, I, I don't think it's going to – I don't think they're going to have time or, uh, or be able to worry about the, this before an election thing because there's too much out there right now. And they can't wait too much longer. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't say that it's Trump's time. I would say that there's going to be some people like Mike Flynn and Giuliani and, and others that are going to face uh, renewed scrutiny. Steve Bannon, people who are in the know, who helped organize it, people who helped fund the rally and wanted it to get violent, uh, people that where it's cut and dry. Um, so, I mean, like I think we're going to see a lot of movement coming soon. So I want to read something uh, that CNN just broke live on the air about – 12 minutes ago, 13 minutes ago. And I'm just going to read the Chiron. Uh, Sources, committee to invest, the January 6th committee to investigate if Secret Service aided Trump plot to overturn election on January 6th. Yes. Let that sink in for a second. Well. Yeah. Um, You know. Wow. That's a that's pretty damn. I mean like it Yeah, yeah. I mean the Secret Service took the extraordinary step of hiring private lawyers to defend itself from the committee. The the Inspector General is investigating the Secret Service criminally. How long until the Department of Justice does that as well? I mean, the, you know, I think that um this is why Liz Cheney has said the dam is broken. 
you know, Donald Trump was always about trying to break through guardrails and bringing Tony Ornato from the Secret Service into a political position in the White House, a powerful political position where he was in charge of all of the physical plant of the White House as the director of operations in the deputy chief of staff uh, position that he ran. I mean, another, I think, you know, we, I think we need to spend some time making sure that uh, retired Sergeant Mark Robinson's testimony uh, gets a lot more attention. Because mm-hmm. to me, that was also uh, one of the most damning testimonies where he said that the motorcade was kept on, on standby for 45 minutes to take Trump back to the Capitol after he left the ellipse when he knew that the Capitol had been breached by rioters. Right. By right. his insurrectionists, by his mob. His murder mob. I mean, I mean I, I've never holy seen holy cow. I, what I've seen is I've seen Secret Service manhandle presidents before. Like I, I don't know how this got led to this, but like Secret Service in the past, on in my experience, under any circumstance, whether it's whoever they're protecting, they don't give a shit what you have to say. Okay, they wait a second. Care. There's more. There is more. Okay, so oh, Nicholas God. Wu. Just tweeted this, uh, and, and he, he he wrote, asked by Annie Grayer on CNN whether Tony Ornato and Robert Engel are the Secret Service officials who retain private counsel. Absolutely. Rep. Zoe Lofgren says yes, and yep. the driver. <laughs> I well, mean, this they don't is, get private I, counsel I think that we're unless. Why, so explain to people why they would hire private counsel. Well. Uh, of course, if a certain uh, person that likes Bronx orange makeup was paying for it, then you'd get some private counsel to pay, uh, you know, to stay silent or maybe, you know, to try and avoid perjury charges. Right. Because if you recall, when Jan- when uh, Cassidy Hutchinson testified uh, in the emergency hearing at the end of last month, um, what they said is that both men had testified, but they hadn't been as fulsome in their testimony. Right. In other words, they had left out the good parts and misleading Congress, material omitting material uh, omissions. Um, that's the kind of thing that, that people get, you know, tried for and, and of course convicted like Roger Stone, for example. I mean, Stone took no chances and just uh, pled the fifth to everything this time. Um, you know, he thought he could dance in, uh, do his Roger Stone act and then somehow, lie to Congress and get away with it, and he couldn't. Uh, Speaking of which, Stone just agreed to pay $2 million in back taxes to the IRS uh, this past week as well. Um, It's a bad week for Trump world, I'd say. Oh, hell yeah. And I think it's just going to get worse. I mean, what's crazy to me is, did you see Cipollone? He he sat there, and he's like, well, presidential privilege, but, and then he goes ahead and breaks that, like, it's crazy. He's like, well, it's presidential privilege, but, you know, um, but here, here's this exactly is all a crime, so I think I have to, you know. But right. here's kind so of what here's what, here's, here's what I told everybody, but not the specific <laughs> words. Right. Here's the, you know, I mean, obviously, yeah. Was I talking about Trump? I mean, I'm not going to say that, but I was talking about Trump. It's like, <laughs> like what? Are you, terrible lawyer. I mean, it, these are not the biggest winners. These are the you know the bottom barrel, as it were, because they were the last people with Trump, as you know. I mean, so it's not like he had the finest people around him. 
I think everybody was jockeying for their own spot. I don't believe that any of these people actually thought about anything besides their own careers. I mean, you know, Jason Miller is supposed to be painted as a hero, the the coward who hides behind a mask in a private room. Okay, you know, now, like, uh, do you mind if I go on a tangent on? for for a what's minute? What's he doing with the mask on? And and this he, is you and me are the biggest mask pushers in the world, right? And so, like, what's he doing with the mask on? Like, what, uh, what is he doing with the mask on in the private room? He doesn't want to be shown with his visual talking about this stuff. That's what it is. Yeah, that, that's that the only is what thing it I is. Can see. Um, so, you know, uh, one of our followers shared a one minute musical summary of Trump on January 6th. I, I think we'll have to look at that later. Um, you know, speaking of Jason Miller, I'm going to go off on a tangent here. I was, uh, on go a zoom it, court hearing. I, I was on a zoom Miller court hearing. Tangents. Yeah. So I was on a zoom court hearing today, uh, in Miami Dade and his case, uh, in the lawsuit that he filed the paternity case he filed in Miami Dade County against A.J. Delgado um, from the 2016 election uh, when, you know, they uh, had an affair and a baby. Um, So, I mean, a few crazy things came out of this. Uh, First of all, that uh, he filed this lawsuit for paternity five years ago, and he still never told the court or anybody, like, where he lives. Like, it's all a big secret. He hasn't seen his son in four years. I mean, you know, this is the party of family values. That's, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Like his, his attorneys actually said that he should be excused from showing up to testify at a hearing because he's never seen the son that he sued to try and prove that it wasn't his son. But of course the test showed that it was. How crazy is that, man? That's the guy I, that you're I would never at walk in that mask. My kid, like I, I never understood folks who do that. It's just, you know, I mean, this this is. I mean, that's taxing. You, that you see is our the friend, person who's sitting Officer there. Officer Harry and, Dunn sitting there, and he's kind of listening oh, to these bozos. I mean, he's got to shake the hand of a guy that helped invade the Capitol, and you know, he, he doesn't have to, but he has to. You know what I mean? Like it's. Yeah, something well, if you're he there, has, he's you know, you're good... putting yourself out there. And you know what? Absolutely. I mean, listen, Officer Dunn is a huge patriot. He's a hero to this country, as are all of the officers that join Absolutely. him at these hearings. Officer Fanone, um, Officer Aquino. I mean, yeah. It, it, Where would well, we be uh, without them? Yeah, yeah. Well, we've been... Uh, terrible spot my friend and you know luckily we've been able to you got to meet officer dunn he's become a good friend he's a solid uh, patriot and you know it's just it, what really gets me is how these folks have turned their backs on everybody that they you know they spoke out against this and they act like it's not something that they ever support like it's like what, what exactly are you going to say to defend the fact that you're defending the indefensible? What are you going to say when you're, you know, oh, oh, I, I was, I was just, uh, you know, I was just being supportive of the president of the United States. No, that's not what was happening. It's, it's you, you were sitting there supporting a traitor because you were too scared to talk out 
for the truth or because you were along for the ride, which is worse. You know what I mean? Like, so it's, yeah, it's just a terrible circumstance and it's never, it's never fun. Like this is not easy to see. You and I were on the front lines of everything during the entire. Yeah. But I mean like seeing their communications director from the campaign say in writing that everything Donald Trump said about supporting law enforcement is a lie. It's it, well. It's it, it, I mean. It's I mean. It just tells you. It's just see. the lies like just permeate these people, and and they know their lies, and they just see these lies as like profit centers or whatever it is. It's it's gross, man. It's just it's painful. Like like why is it that people are so like this lying is just so permissive? You know, like that's mm-hmm. you know you hear like you hear conservatives talk about decadence. Okay. Oh, gay marriage makes people decadent. No, <laughs> lying, nonstop lying is decadent. When when you're like, well, our lies worked, but gosh, they're really lie lies. Really, lie, that's what lie. these guys were like. Uh, look, I want to play something for everybody, because you know, I, I mean, this this meeting had so much damning evidence and testimony from the people that were closest to Donald Trump. Um, you know, and how like. Uh, some of them were like, well, you know, Trump could have gone and just made a message really fast uh, in the briefing room, but we were afraid to let him in the briefing room. I mean, it shows you how, like, these you wanna... people all knew how untrustworthy this person was in every way. You couldn't even trust the president of the United States with a fucking open mic, but they're giving him the nuclear codes and sending him off to meet- meetings with Putin. Right. You want to keep on going with the show? I'm going to go do the uh, I have some interviews that I have to do in regards to the uh, hearings today. And so I'm going to bounce off. This was planned already. But uh, well, listen, I I want your parting thoughts before you go. And then I'm going to share something. Uh, And then after you leave, I'm going to share Adam Adam Kinzinger's speech, uh, which was fantastic. and and see if there's any more questions. So go ahead. What's your what's your parting thoughts, Scott? I mean, I, I would just say everybody hold tight. You know, this is uh, they broke it open tonight. It is a nothing is off limits. They're going to hear from everybody. They're going to get all the information they need. No one's going to stand in their way. Um, and so, you know, no matter what, all of this information, all these videos, all this uh, text, everything that we have, this is. Uh, information that can be used forever against every single person involved with the insurrection, every supporter of the insurrection. When Josh Hawley runs for re-election, we can run the video of him running as ads. Um, so keep keep that in mind. This information is powerful, and just that, um, you know. And if the DOJ had indicted or sought grand juries before this information got out, we may have never seen it. So. Keep that in mind. Keep the faith. Keep pushing. Public pressure matters in these scenarios. Um, and keep on listening. Thanks for taking the time to, to listen. I'm going to keep on speaking out. You'll see Grant and I amplified at a 2016 level. Um, you know, we're refreshed and we're ready to go out there and, uh, you know, make sure everybody's voices are elevated. And uh, as you you know that we've just started a new season of the Dworkin Report podcast and the two the two part uh, episodes of the 
Michael Cohen interview is up and we'll be releasing a special video interview uh, shortly as well. And we can talk more about that. But Grant, thank you, sir. Keep up the great work and thank you all for listening. We appreciate you. Good night, Scott. Good night. So I wanted to share with everybody, uh, if you haven't heard it, because it's a very long hearing, um, I wanted to share Adam Kinzinger, Adam Kinzinger's uh, closing statement. Tonight's testimony and evidence is as sobering as it is straightforward. Within minutes of stepping off the ellipse stage, Donald Trump knew about the violent attack on the Capitol. From the comfort of his dining room, he watched on TV as the attack escalated. He sent tweets that inflamed and expressed support for the desire of some to literally kill Vice President Mike Pence for three that then President Trump engaged in the political theater of telling the mob to go home. And even then, he told them all they were special and that he loved them. Whatever your politics, whatever you think about the outcome of the election, we as Americans must all agree on this. Donald Trump's conduct on January 6th was a supreme violation of his oath of office and a complete dereliction of his duty to our nation. It is a stain on our history. It is a dishonor to all those who have sacrificed and died in service of our democracy. When we present our full findings, we will recommend changes to laws and policies to guard against another January 6th. The reason that's imperative is that the forces Donald Trump ignited that day have not gone away. The militant, intolerant ideologies, the militias, the alienation and the disaffection, the weird fantasies and disinformation, they're all still out there, ready to go. That's the elephant in the room. But if January 6th has reminded us of anything, I pray it has reminded us of this. Laws are just words on paper. They mean nothing without public servants dedicated to the rule of law and who are held accountable by a public that believes oath matters, oaths matter more than party tribalism 
or the cheap thrill of scoring political points. We, the people, must demand more of our politicians and ourselves. Oaths matter. Character matters. Truth matters. If we do not renew our faith and commitment to these principles, this great experiment of ours, our shining beacon on a hill, will not endure. I yield to the gentlewoman from Virginia. Guys, I I don't know. I haven't heard it better. I haven't heard it said better anywhere else. I mean, that's why we're all here talking tonight. Um, this is this is a really solemn and upsetting uh, thing to have to investigate. Um, you know, and to to pour over and to relive, and without patriots like Rep. Kinjinger, like. Uh, the vice chair of the committee, uh, Rep. Cheney. Um, and though it took time for them to find their patriotism, the many, many Republicans who stepped up and told the truth about what happened behind closed doors, uh, we would be in a lot worse place today, I can tell you. Uh, and if not for those Capitol policemen, uh, the the Metro police, um, you know, the the brave men and women who stood up and did their jobs, in the worst of conditions, uh, we could be, we could be talking about a completely other, more terrifying set of problems uh, today. So I want to thank everybody for joining me today with Scott uh, on the report card. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, I think that it's really important that we all discuss this and and make sure that everybody knows what happened, um, and and just don't stop asking for accountability. Uh, online, uh, through any political venue you can, because you know what? Your voices matter. Um, there wouldn't have been a first impeachment without all the many voices of the resistance. Um, and, you know, I keep thinking back to what Speaker Pelosi often said during those times. She said, the words of the president matter. They literally weigh a ton. They move markets. They, they're so important. The word of the president, it's so powerful. And that was why she said we absolutely had to impeach him and seek his removal just for what he did by trying to extort Ukraine and breaking the law. And, of course, Republicans uh, went along with that and said it's okay. Uh, you could break any law you want. Uh, you know, we'll excuse all of these words where you're doing criminal things and horrible things in the White House. And look at the end result. So I want to thank you all for joining us tonight. We're going to be back at Wednesday night, our normal time slot for the next couple of weeks, Wednesday at 7 o'clock. I believe uh, we will schedule a little bit more in advance. It's just with all the hearings, we've been kind of playing it by ear. And I thank everybody for joining up on kind of short notice tonight. And I hope you all have a good night and avoid the Rona. And if you need to mask up, definitely mask up. Get your fourth shot if you're eligible. Uh, you know, uh, and I hope you guys all have good health and thanks for joining me. Uh, this is the report card. <laughs>